Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel. Superman! Hello and welcome to another episode of Superman Lives. I am your host, Christopher Moe. Happy New Year 2023. Hope that you and yours had a wonderful holiday and uh, that this new year is going great for you. Here we are now, seven days already into 2023. We're going to be wrapping up in this episode our discussion of the sub story arc, The Funeral for a Friend, which was part of the overall Superman uh, Death and Return of Superman saga celebrating its 30th anniversary in 1992 and in 1993, or I should say that's when the originals were, celebrating their 30th anniversaries last year and now in 2023. Um, We also are going to be having some changes as I discussed in the last episode of Superman Lives, and I'll I'll go ahead and mention those now. Um, You may have noticed in the, the number of the episode that now you will see episode one again, but it is season two. So going forward, this show will have... 12 episode seasons and those will be coming out once a month so superman lives now a monthly podcast and the other three weeks of every month will be dedicated to new podcasts at the end of this episode i'll discuss those and give you a little preview about what they're going to be how you'll access them uh and also what's going to be happening here on superman lives i want to try something new with how we approach the the remaining issues in the um Funeral for a Friend arc, because I do think that I can probably go a little faster. I know I've gone through them in some detail. It's not that I don't want to do that, but I do want to get the the most salient points out there, Uh, and that's what we're going to focus on here in these final issues as well, as focusing on some of the, I guess the best word would be supplemental material that, that the super teams put out around this time, because remember, there is a point, and we're going to look at the dates here in a bit. There was a point where the very last issue, so believed, of Superman came out, and then there was nothing. There were these specials that I mentioned, but that's it. And it wasn't until, so you're looking at about January, mid-January, until early April before we got anything new and folks wondering perhaps what's going to happen. And it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. And we're going to, of course, talk about that in detail. Uh, So um, first, we will take a small break. When we get back, we will look at these last issues in Funeral for a Friend. And we're back here. We are looking at three issues. The first is Action Comics number 686, released on January the 6th, 1993. Man of Steel number 21, released on January the 13th, 1993. And Superman 77, released on January the 20th of 1993. Now, after those, okay, between that that um, that 
Funeral for a Friend issue, the very last one, Superman 77, we had a few weeks. And then on February 4th, we had Legacy of Superman, a one-shot. And I'm going to very briefly discuss what happens in there. I, I'm not going to go through anything plot point by point. Uh, but we will discuss what that was. And as well as Supergirl and Team Luthor. Um, that was released on March 3rd of 93. And then News Time, The Life and Death of Superman, March the 15th, 1900. And ninety three, uh, and we're going to talk about those very briefly. I it's not that they're not great issues because they are, but they're supplemental overall. And so what that means is that you really could read uh, the saga without them. But I do believe they've begun to collect them in the most recent reprints of the trades as well as the uh, the omnibus. Now, last I think it was no two episodes ago, I mentioned to you that you are able to get the um, the Death and Return of Superman Omnibus, the most recent edition, which is a 2022 release, came out last May. Uh, and I believe that, I haven't checked recently, but it should still be available. If not on in-stock trades at the really great price of $80, then uh, full price roughly on Amazon. Amazon, I think, has it for like $101 for some bizarre reason. That's the price. It's 150 MSRP, and uh, in-stock trades has a wonderful discount on it. It may still be available. I don't know. My, I know this. <laughs> My listenership here for this program, not so large that probably people went and bought all the copies at in-stock trades. But nevertheless, uh, that is there. So these issues are part of the overall saga, um, but I'm not going to get into detail with them. So let's go ahead and begin. Adventures, no, I'm sorry, um, Action Comics, number 686. And this was a very unique cover. So we have Funeral for a Friend at the top of the cover. Number six is the, uh, the chapter number Supergirl is the title, instead of Superman in Action Comics, Supergirl there opening, it looks like, pushing open the door, or standing at least in the doorway to Superman's tomb, and written on the cover, who's buried in Superman's tomb? And why is Lex Luthor so paranoid? Oh, crazy Lex Luthor. Uh, written by Roger Stern and uh, art by Butch Geis and Dennis, I guess it's Dennis Rodier. Um, we start off, we have... Crime, of course, rampant in Metropolis. We have Guardian. Uh, he is stamping down as much as he can, stamping out this crime. Uh, we have Lex Luthor, as we, we mentioned. Why is he so worried? He's very paranoid. Lex is concerned about Superman's body being missing, as we talked about in the, the previous episode. Not not because he cares, right? He's Not because he's a noble man. This is the Lex Luthor. All right, but he has cloned himself, and we get a nice little flashback, a little summary in this issue for those who maybe are joining the Superman books now and don't know this. Lex Luthor had cancer because he had a kryptonite ring, and that was John Byrne, I believe, that came up, if memory serves, with that. That was that was probably in Man of Steel or some of the early Superman issues. And so um, he has this kryptonite ring. He gets cancer. He loses his hand, and then he finds out, oh, the cancer has spread to the rest of his body. His personal doctor and all the specialists in the world that he, of course, can afford have said, there's no, we can't do anything to save you. You're going to die. So he finds these means, the, the very best geneticists in the world, and he has his uh, body cloned, all right, and transplants his brain. And uh, 
I, you see the image of it here, his eyes connected to his brain. So I don't know if they, if they <laughs> did that as well. I'm guessing they didn't keep his old eyes. Nevertheless, he, he comes out as his own son, Lex Luthor II, who grew up in Australia. And he has this Australian accent and, uh, you know, is pretending to be his own son, but isn't. And he's worried that Superman is missing because he thinks that one of two things are possible. That Superman is in fact still alive. He he didn't really die. And that concerns him because he doesn't he doesn't want him alive, obviously. And then two, he's worried that maybe Superman has found a way uh, to continue his life. He's dead, <clears throat> excuse me, but he's found a way to preserve his life in the way that that Lex has. This idea that he might be immortal in a sense frightens Lex. Lex wants him dead, but Lex is also still reeling from the fact that he did not get to kill Superman, which was his ultimate goal, really, right? And as we know, Lex doesn't doesn't uh, succeed, I think, at that one, because Superman will always win. But you have to think Lex Luthor, uh, even in the post-crisis continuity, he's not the super genius that he was in prior continuities and even later continuities. But there was a game, and he mentions that in some of these issues, the game that they played, the two of them together. And so he, he didn't really see the purpose of life, uh, without having Superman to fight. Meanwhile, we have further investigation into the fact that Superman's body is missing from the tomb uh, by Supergirl Luthor as well as the Metropolis Police Force. And we saw, and we talked about this, this was how that the last issue ended that we discussed last episode, there's Superman's body in Cadmus. And um, so we now have Guardian finding this out. And Guardian, as you imagine... Not happy now. Guardian works for um, Guardian works for the Cadmus organization, but he he does not support Director Westfield, who's in charge many of the things he does, and he's often at odds with him. And he is furious that they have Superman's body now. The Newsboys. I'm not going to get into who uh, all they are. They these are all wonderful Jack Kirby creations, but I I don't want to get too much into who they are. You have the Newsboys from the 40s, okay, that were these very intelligent uh, and and uh, kind of uh, not all of them were super intelligent, um, very uh, heroic youth, right? Who who kind of helped Jim Harper, the original Jim Harper, the the um, the, the police officer in Metropolis in his battles uh, with crime. And when he is, uh, you know, old and, and dying, they transfer him to a clone body, which is the current Guardian. He's the original Guardian. Um, and then Cadmus clones them. And so there's now these little boys, you know, that are clones of the original Newsboys. And the older original Newsboys work at Cadmus as well. And they're trying to tell Guardian I know you don't agree with Westfield and the fact that they stole the body, uh, but there are positive things. Maybe we can even recreate Superman. There's a possibility we could clone him. And then Double X says, using the brain patterns that I observed from previous encounters, perhaps we can, we can in some way um, restore Superman or at least create a new Superman because the world needs one. And that is, in fact, what... Guardian is uh, convinced by. He says, I, we owe it to the world and Superman, I guess, to at least try. So I'm not going to go along with this necessarily, but I'm also not going to fight you on this um, because he believes in, in the, new, the, the elder newsboys who are telling him this. 
Um, we also find out, though, something very interesting, and I, I want to point this out because it's something I see. In fact, I saw it recently on a YouTube comment, and I thought, mm, no, this has to be addressed. Um, many people, it became kind of a popular misconception, probably, shoot, I don't know, 93 uh, or 94 onwards. There was this belief Superman never really died. But DC Comics was very clear that Superman did, in fact, die. And in this issue, I think this was maybe the, the writers kind of having a little fun with the audience. Remember, nobody knew what was going to happen, uh, what was going to be happening after this arc was over. Superman returning? Maybe he's not. Maybe he will a different in a different way. Uh, and so here's the idea that the doctors are telling Guardian, we can't, we can't get a tissue sample to clone him yet because every time we try to destroy his skin, you know, break it in some way or get blood or whatever, we can't because he's still invulnerable, which really is like a, a red flag to Guardian thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe he isn't dead. But just for the sake of discussion, okay, anybody thinking, well, yeah, no, he didn't really die. I'm just going to let you know. I've been reading this over, you know, for 30 years now. I read this every year. Um, Superman died. This was made very clear to him. Um, in uh, Superman 82, when the Eradicator reveals, had it not been for the unique set of circumstances that came to be that allowed you to return, you would have remained dead, and these circumstances will never exist again. In fact, uh, uh, that Death of Superman special that we talked about many episodes back also references the fact, because Jonathan Kent's finding out that his dad died and wondering, hey, can, is this, like, will I be immortal too or, you know, not not able to die? And he says it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Then Dr. Occult, right, uh, another Jerry Siegel creation appears later after Superman has returned and says to, to Lois and Clark, cherish your life because this was not something that could ever happen again. So Superman does indeed die, and what we're going to see as we go through this remaining uh, set of issues, and then, of course, in the reign of the Superman, Superman, um, Superman's body and soul are separated. Okay, and I, it's another wonderful thing about the storyline that that I don't know anybody would do today. This idea of of the soul leaving the body quite this way. Um, it's a it's a very it's a, it's a very spiritual idea for a comic book um, to to get into, and it's it's. It, Handled in such a, uh, I think we'll we'll get into this especially in in Adventures of Superman 500. It's handled in such an intelligent way and a thought provoking way. Meanwhile, uh, the search continues underground, um, and uh, Luthor and his assistant Happerson Supergirl are searching for clues as to what happened to Superman's body. There's a charge, an explosive charge, and it goes off. Um, it has not yet exploded, but it goes off. And um, it causes a breach in the wall, letting in river water underground. So flooding begins there. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Lois saying goodbye to the Kents. They're returning to Metropolis. Supergirl and Luthor, meanwhile, are, are dealing now with this flood. And now, uh, topside in Centennial Park, there is a Superman cult. And these folks believe that Superman is God. Right, and so they've got blue robes with the S shield emblazoned on them, and uh, they are saying he is returning, and say his name and be free. Things of this nature. Uh, Luthor, meanwhile, is um, very concerned about finding Superman's body for reasons we've already discussed, and um, so we 
then go at the end of this issue in the collection. The next one is called The Legacy of Superman. Now, as I said, I'm not going to go fully into uh, in-depth as to what these stories are, but I will give you an overview, very brief overview. The Legacy of Superman um, focuses on secondary characters from these books of the era. So you've got Wave Rider. Many of you who are fans from that era, certainly you're familiar with things, know that Wave Rider was was part of the storyline Armageddon 2001. I still think one of the greatest missed opportunities at DC Comics. That story, if you're familiar with it, when I was a kid reading it, I thought, man, this, and I didn't read it as it came out. I read it after the fact. But I can remember thinking, man, this would have been a great, a wonderful story. The concept was great that at some future point, one of DC's great heroes would turn evil and become monarch, right? This ruler. Uh, and so Wave Rider is this time traveler who, with physical contact, is able to access these characters and look at possible futures. And it was like, uh, kind of a way of doing Elseworlds um, of a sort, or at least, you know, what ifs um, for each character. And some of them were very positive futures. There's one where Superman becomes the president, and that is, you know, of course, it becomes a great, like, imagine if he was the president. And so when you hear about people talk about now, oh, the president Superman that Morrison created, he was not the first to create a president Superman, nor a successful president Superman, right? We see, you, you might see that in a postmodern kind of way. He becomes president, now he's a dictator, and he's evil. No, no, no. This was done by the super teams in this era, and it was a wonderful issue. So we have Wave Rider on the cover. He is involved in this story wondering if he should use his power to bring Superman, prevent, rather, Superman from dying. And I'm not going to give away more than that, but the reason why he is, what he figures out um, is a very interesting point. And, and I think it's not only a point about time travel and about the morality of this, but also I think it was DC saying, okay, all these, these plots... Uh, or, or not plots, but all these ideas are coming out from fans, speculation. Let's address one. Time travel, this could be perhaps the way. In fact, I read a, in one of the letters pages, one of the um, issues I was skimming through the other day, there was somebody who brought up Wave Rider as a possible way to bring Superman back. So you have to wonder how much of this they really wanted to, um, some of these they wanted to completely rule out and others they wanted to leave open. And so that that is an element here. We also have a superhero, uh, what kind of a superhero? Someone, uh, I really don't remember much off the top of my head about this character, who is inspired by Superman and he will continue. He's a, a young character who's going to continue on uh, to live up to Superman's legacy. We start with the um, a story that involves Cadmus, the Newsboy Legion, and Guardian. And it's written and drawn by one of my all-time favorite writer, uh, writers and artists, and that is the legendary Walt Simonson, who also... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Art Adams did the beautiful cover for this. Um, but uh, the story deals with what should we do? with Superman, right? They're trying They're trying to get um, some kind of DNA pattern. And they're able to finally, in this issue, They because remember, we, we just read that they aren't able to get the physical sample. But now they've managed to do it, and they have... Um, they have translated, as they say, into human terms for all purposes. This disc, they put it on a disc, contains the DNA code of Superman. Westfield wants immediately to take this, but Guardian steps in, says no, as well as the, um, as well as the, uh, the other folks working at Cadmus, 
who say there's no way you're going to immediately start making a Superman, you, Westfield in particular, right? Because remember, Guardian was a, was supportive of the idea for good reasons. So they have a clone named Oron, and Oron is given this uh, genetic code. He's not given the genetic code and receives Superman's powers. He's given it to protect, and he takes it out into the deeps, the deepest reaches of space where that code can never be misused. They get it off Earth so that somebody like Alex Luthor can't get D- Superman's DNA uh, code and then begin mass-producing Supermen's, right? Or Supermen, I should say, because that, of course, we all know would be horrible. Then we have other stories in this issue in, involving the character Rose and Thorn. Uh, I say one character because those are two different well, I don't want to spoil anything. It's a really cool character. We also have stories uh, involving Gangbuster, uh, Lex Luthor, and Supergirl. And the character I was talking about um, is, uh, let's see if I can find the name of this character, that I, the, this superhero who has um, a magical, I guess it's a magical belt. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, no. Uh, got the, Yeah, got these powers from this uh, belt. Uh, from Lex Senior's Power Belt. So this was a, a side character that, that was part of other storylines uh, throughout the years who is being inspired by Superman's absence to do the right thing, to, to help fight crime, prevent crime. And we have a, a little wonderful story about that. And we end the issue with that Wave Rider uh, story I already mentioned and told you about. He um, He is there. In Vanishing Point, now some of you may be familiar with Vanishing Point, and he is contemplating this idea, the morality, could we go and prevent Superman's death? And what's a really cool idea that they introduce is, if you do that, then where does it end? So now we have our second to last issue in Funeral for a Friend, Superman Man of Steel number 21. This cover showing Jonathan Kent collapsed in the uh, field of wheat there as Martha runs to him. And we start off with Lois, who is, um, she's giving a uh, a news report for some reason, WGBS. Um, and as she's doing this, or it looks like that's what she's doing in, in the scene, Superman's drowning and she tries to save him, but she can't. And then wakes up. She's having a dream. Meanwhile, um, she feels this guilt for not being able to save Clark as she witnessed his death, right? The battle with doomsday and then the death. Meanwhile, the underworlders, if you remember, we saw them going all the way back to that first issue of the death of Superman arc. And they are dealing with the flooding that was caused by this Cadmus explosion. Uh, Back in Smallville, uh, Clark is, I mean, Jonathan is remembering things about Clark. He's, he's flashing back to when he was a kid um, and remembering these wonderful moments uh, of him uh, getting a, t- a toy plane and saying up, up, and away and eating his uh, oatmeal and um, caring for this baby calf. And he's tormented by the memory of his son, un- unable really to, to process that he possibly could have died. Even more so, you know, any parent doesn't doesn't really ever want to think that they're going to outlive their children, but especially the Kents thinking there's no way that we will outlive Superman, right? Clark. Uh, meanwhile, in Cadmus, the clones of the Newsboy Legion have appeared, and they're shocked that Superman's body is there. Um, and uh, 
They want answers. Lois, meanwhile, is trying to get to the bottom of what's happening. She's heard now uh, uh, from various sources about this flooding underwater. And uh, the underworlders are going now to look for Lois in particular. Lois then overhears a police officer talking to some of the folks working um, in the... uh, the stock exchange, which is flooded, the basement's flooded there, and they mention Superman's coffin, or I'm sorry, Superman's tomb. There's been an explosion beneath it. Lois says, "An explosion? What explosion?" We jump to uh, Metro. I'm sorry, Gotham City in the Batcave, where we have Batman and Alfred discussing the ring that we mentioned with Luthor. Right? Luthor had this ring um, and uh, with kryptonite in it, a stone. And once he lost the hand, the ring got into Superman's possession. He gave it to Batman many, many, I guess, years prior to this storyline. Um, he gave it to him, he says, and so Bruce is having this memory saying, I want the means to stop me to be in the hands of a man I can trust with my life. And so Batman is wondering, what do I do now with this, now that he's gone? Lois, meanwhile, is meeting up with her contact. Uh, it's the same guy, Charlie, from, from that issue, uh, the very first issue in the death arc. And he's taking her underground but before he does, he shows her part of the Cadmus charge that caused the flooding. And that is their belief, the connection, that Cadmus must be the um, people responsible for the theft of Superman's body. And now we have a wonderful scene that goes right back to Man of Steel number one. And we have Jonathan with Clark thinking back to that moment. He saves the space plane and Lois, and then everybody crowds him because they're they can't believe this guy, you know, flies up out of the crowd, grabs a falling essentially space shuttle and brings it safely to the ground. And they mob him and he flies home to Smallville and says they all wanted a piece of me. And Jonathan is feeling this guilt as well that he uh, couldn't save Clark. But more to the point, he feels that he is to blame because he gave Clark the idea. He said, I had the idea, Martha, the costume, the secret identity. I loved him. I thought it was helping. It's my fault, Martha. I didn't know. And she tells him, it's not your fault anymore. Then it was Lois's fault. Lois, meanwhile, in a full, like, scuba suit, action suit. <laughs> I didn't know if she has has one, but um, they should really be making Lois Lane action figures. But that's a whole a whole nother episode. Uh, they're now, she's now with the Underworlders. They're going underwater. They break into Cadmus, and um, she quickly dispatches some of these Cadmus guards with her kung fu. Because you got to remember, Lois does have uh, you know fight training, self defense from her dad, right, General Sam Lane, and has also learned it through the years because of her work. She um, and Charlie they run into, and the Underworlders run into the clones the young newsboy legion, and they all run off together uh, and break into this room where two doctors try to restrain Lois. She knocks them out very quickly, and there she sees Clark's body, thinking to herself, not out loud, oh, Clark, what have they done to you? She says, I have to get you out of here. I have to take you back. Uh, Meanwhile, one of the underworlders is um, possessed of telekinetic abilities, and uh, telepathic abilities, and he senses double X. He senses another telepath and uh, tells Charlie that they've been detected, so they escape. They they run, then double X and Guardian come in and say, Superman's body has moved. Guardian saying someone moved him, perhaps, but who? They see the doctors knocked out, and uh, they say, we need to sound the alarm. Someone was here trying to get 
at Superman's body. Meanwhile, Lois and Charlie and the Underworlders are escaping, and the, the young newsboy Legion is helping them escape. She goes back, and she's thinking at the Daily Planet as she writes, I couldn't carry Clark out of there, but this is the next, next best thing. I'll go out. Oh, it'll go out over all the wire services. The whole country will know. They'll deny it. Let them try. I couldn't save his life, but by heaven, I'm going to save his body from desecration. Maybe my words are good for something after all. I'm going to use them to make them give his body back. So she's writing a story, and we see that on the next panel back in Smallville in Jonathan Kent's hands, this story that Lois wrote, um, Tomb Empty, Superman's Body Believed Stolen. And he is distraught about this and um, just is in shock. Jonathan has kind of been on this downward trend ever since they, they left Metropolis uh, where they were they were meeting um, where they had stayed with Lois to comfort her and they're back at the site of where the ship landed and um, and then Jonathan slumps to his knees and he says um, I swore then when we first found him I'd protect him keep him safe but I couldn't I just keep thinking how he said they all want a piece of me and then he collapses to the ground and Martha is holding him there screaming Jonathan and if you know that original trade of the death of Superman drawn by John Bogdanov who also draws this he is mirroring that that cover he did which had uh, Lois cradling Superman in her arms and it's that same image except it's Jonathan being cradled by Martha here um, in the field. That is the end of that issue, and we go now to the final issue of Funeral for a Friend. Uh, this is Superman number 77. It has, I think, one of the most powerful covers, uh, emotionally impactful. It's Superman flying off into not a sunset, but we see the sun in the upper right-hand corner of the cover. The clouds are kind of gathering uh, around the sun, around Superman, and he is flying away from the camera, so we don't see his face, arms outstretched, and it says in bold, kind of a gothic print, the end. And I, again, as I told you in the past, I thought, this is this is really the end. Um, and so we start off with Lex Luthor training with Sasha, who is, is um, uh, one of his personal trainers and is a person he trains with when it comes to self-defense moves. She's a black belt and uh, several black belts, if memory serves. And they're fighting. Um, and uh, practicing their moves. And in the meantime, he's thinking about his history with Superman and how he um, even lost his own life uh, in this fight of wills with Superman. And he's thinking about how with his ring of kryptonite, he reveled in the Man of Steel's ability uh, to bring Superman down. Uh, and I'm sorry, this is narration. It was a game to be savored, a game that is over. No amount of stand-ins and workouts can erase the memory of the man who stole his hand. It is Superman who provokes his every move. Superman was a constant, a challenge that made life worth living. And even though the radiations, the ring's radiation claimed his original body, Lex Luthor has never felt more empty. Uh, so this is wonderful too, I think, uh, because it illustrates one of the criticisms that, that we heard back then and, and still today, 30 years later, should have been Lex. Well, Lex is feeling that, and I think that's a great response to the critics. Let's have Lex feel that it should have been him who killed Superman. In the cause of, uh, or in the course, rather, of, of him practicing sparring with uh, Sasha, his mind is not fully in this 
uh, activity, and she gets the better of him, and a flying kick sends him to the ground. And he says, nobody does that to me. You have no idea um, what trouble you've... And then they're interrupted. Lois and Supergirl appear, and Lois gives um, Lex a copy of something that she's written but has decided not to publish and it is a column she's already published a story right the the daily planet published a story that superman's body's been stolen she left out that it was cadmus that stole it here uh she is um revealing to lex in particular that it is indeed cadmus who has superman's body knowing she says to lex that somebody with your power can actually do something about it. Meanwhile, Jonathan's rushed into the hospital uh, in um, Smallville. He is thinking back to moments with um, with Clark, young and old, uh, throughout his age, a teenage moment with Clark, uh, etc. And then we have, back in Metropolis, Jimmy Olsen with several pictures of Superman, including the, the death photo that we started the funeral for a friend arc off with, um, with Superman laying dead there in the the concrete and he is again very uh, hesitant to do anything with these photos but he's giving them to um the head or not the head i'm sorry the um the editor of news time so news time was the dc universe is a metropolis really their version of time magazine and newsweek put together right? so it's news time and um the cover they they say to jimmy since you don't want to use any of these Think of it that you're doing this. We're not doing this to make money from Superman's death. We're honoring his legacy. Why don't you choose the picture we think should be the cover? And so he picks one that is Superman's cape uh, against kind of a black background. It's not the image we see on Superman 75. Uh, It's a different image. And that photo is on the cover of Newstime, which was a magazine that was released in the interim after... um, the Funeral for a Friend arc wraps up, and it was a uh, came out in comic book shops, but it had the size of a magazine, kind of had the glossy pages of a magazine, and it was like you were in the DC Universe reading this, and there's Jimmy Olsen's picture on the cover. So uh, just, again, I really want to give credit, as I have already so far, but I don't know of any other team, creative team, that would have gone to this level of attention and detail and clear love for these characters in this world. Um, so we then, uh, leave that. We have Sasha who is in her locker room. She's talking to one of the other trainers and they say, we're taking you out tonight. What you did to Lex was great. And then she looks right at the camera because there's someone there that shouldn't be in the woman's locker room. And, uh, she says, um, this is the woman's locker room. He says, that is a little, of little concern, this person to me. And we see her being pulled, um, Behind the lockers, her bag falling to the ground. We don't see who does. Then we have Lois dreaming again of Superman, and she's actually just daydreaming, and she's being carried by Supergirl to the outskirts of Cadmus, where they're met by more wonderful Jack Kirby creations in the Forever People. They find her. They want to know why anybody is in their property, which their land was kind of on the outskirts around Cadmus. Uh, And when she tells them, what she wants to do and why they uh, pledge their assistance. And so with the forever people uh, who are these kind of like motorcycle gang, I don't really know all the details about them, but uh, they begin their assault on Cadmus and uh, they help Lois get in. Um, They break in. Supergirl also is helping. She gets there ahead 
of them, smashes through the walls, defeats the Cadmus guards, walks out, and this is a one-page panel, uh, very much like Superman 75, and very striking. Not long ago, Lois Lane had embraced the notion of a life together with this man. They were engaged to be married, and the future promised infinite happiness. Now tomorrow can only bring the empty, aching sadness that comes with any man's death. And it's a full-page shot of Supergirl holding Superman's lifeless body in her arms, covered with his cape. And at the bottom of the page, even a Superman's. Lois saying, how could it come, have come to this? Supergirl, hurry, let's get out of here. So back in Metropolis, uh, I'm sorry, back in Smallville, we have the doctors and nurses trying to save Jonathan. He's thinking of pastimes that Clark saved him and Martha and other people. And he says, Clark, you always saved other people. Why didn't you save yourself? Why did you leave? Um, Back in Metropolis, Lois, Lex, and Supergirl are putting the body back in the casket. Lois is thinking of the words of the marriage ceremony, and she's hearing these in her head and uh, saying... Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the union of this woman, Lois Lane, and this man, Clark Kent. Lois Lane, do you take this man to hold and cherish, to love and honor for the rest of your life? She says out loud, I do. Supergirl asking, what's that, Lois? And Lois says nothing, just saying goodbye as she closes the casket and out loud says goodbye, thinking of the moment that Clark put the ring on her finger and they kissed. And then Lex Luthor you too wouldn't mind. I'd like to be alone for a few minutes to pray. Lois, of course, shocked and says, you? I mean, of course, I'm sorry. When they leave, we have this eerie photo or, or rather uh, image of Lex under, you know, lit by a light source saying, gotcha. He says, so I win. I knew I'd bury you one day. You sanctimonious, self-righteous pain. I owned this town until you came along. There wasn't a man on earth who could stop me from doing whatever I pleased. And if anyone dared interfere, they were given a one-way ticket to hell. Like that, that's the main reason I killed her, you know, that Sasha witch. I throttled the life from her throat with my bare hands just to prove to you that I was king again. When they find her body tomorrow, all the evidence will point to a janitor at LexCorp, an ex-con no less. Of course he'll deny the murder, but no one will believe him. And you can't do one blessed thing about it. You're dead. You're nothing. And I am back on top. And he strikes the S-shield on the top of the casket saying, Metropolis is mine again, Superman. And you are an empty, lifeless, withering husk. Meanwhile, we see a fist striking Jonathan Kent's chest. Breathe, Jonathan, breathe. And then he sees Clark. He says Clark and sees Doomsday and then a skull. And then he begins to flatline. And as Jonathan is flatlining, Martha runs in. Don't leave me, Jonathan, please. He sees Clark as Superman. It's me, Pa. Don't be afraid. He reaches out his hand. Clark, they reach to hold each other. Clark taking his hand, flatlining, continuing uh, on the panels kind of in the background here. And then uh, Martha taking his hand in that hospital room. Oh, Jonathan, no. Don't leave me alone. And we end this whole story arc on Martha, who is... um, really almost kneeling at the bedside of Jonathan uh, in the emergency room there. As he flatlines, don't leave me alone, the end. And that's it. That's how this storyline ends. And then following this in the trade collection, of course, and in the sequence is Superman and uh, Supergirl, rather, and Team Luthor, uh, which is about the continuing efforts to 
stop crime in the absence of Superman. Uh, that is the next special after the legacy of Superman. We then have News Time, The Life and Death of Superman. I encourage you to hunt down all of these. Certainly, if you buy the trades at the Omnibus, they'll be in there. Um, I think of all three uh, of these, my favorites in News Time, and I, I would encourage you to get that maybe as a get the original copy. There, I looked up uh, their price on eBay not long ago, and, and they, for whatever reason, don't command a, a big uh, amount of money um, on the secondary market. It's a nice thing to have. It's like a piece of the DC universe, like you're living in the DC universe. News time, there are ads for Metropolis and products that only exist, like soda or cola, which is a running gag that exists in the in the DC universe. Um, and it, it really is a nice retrospective on Superman's life. Gives you some detail about that era. If you're reading, perhaps, uh, you're going back and rereading or for the first time reading the the uh, the post-crisis era. I think it would be a, it's a nice piece to have. And uh, that is it. So once we had life uh, news time rather, March the 16th, we then didn't have anything from DC Comics about Superman until April the 28th of 1993. So if you weren't reading, these specials, you know, you you just read Superman 77, which is the end of Funeral for a Friend. That was January the 21st. Then it wasn't until over a month later, April 15th, okay? Uh, in fact, wait, no, let me, I'm not always good at math here. Uh, yeah, almost. it's almost two months later, we have the reign of the Superman. So that was quite an ambitious um, thing for DC to do, to say we're going to have this big span of time where Superman's gone. And many people, myself included, as I said, believed that was really the case. So that does it for Funeral for a Friend. We'll take a short break. When we get back, we'll wrap up this episode. And we're back. So starting next week, we will have a brand new podcast, one of three called Batman Lives, and I'm sure you can tell from that name we will be doing in that podcast exactly what I do in Superman Lives, celebrating the iconic Batman. I believe, and I'll get into much more detail about this in that show, there's a very reason for its existence, that much like Superman, Batman's iconic nature has been long forgotten, um, certainly by Warner Brothers, who really are the the custodians of it. Uh, but they they long ago lost any awareness or understanding of that importance. And you would think, well, it's Batman. You know, everybody loves Batman, and the last movie was super successful. Blah blah blah. Here's the thing. It isn't Batman, and I'm going to get into why it isn't iconic Batman and why iconic Batman is far removed from the comics of today and the adaptations of today. And even, sadly, it appears the video games, from what I know. I, I don't know much about games. I, I, I don't play them, uh, the newer stuff, the new stuff at all. Um, the last game, just to let you know that I played, uh, was Batman Arkham City when it was brand new. Uh, so that tells you my game experience and those are wonderful games so you know some of the newer stuff as i understand in contrast nowhere near those um that will be our second week every month podcast i'll start with an episode zero like i did for superman lives then the following week let me give you some dates here those are probably going to be helpful by the way every podcast will release a new episode on saturdays uh so releasing on the 14th of January will be Batman Lives Episode Zero. On the 21st will be um, a podcast that really is dedicated to celebrating another one of my long, lifelong 
loves, and that's horror and and monsters. Um, And that is a podcast I call Macabrous. And I'm going to try something experimental. The whole podcast is going to be experimental. I'll talk about, give my thoughts on films, literature, you name it, when it comes to horror and suspense. But um, I'm going to try to make even an episode where I'm just giving my thoughts about something, try to make it an maybe an auditory experience that's unnerving with music and sounds and maybe some ambient noises. Make it something that you listen to and you're frightened a little bit genuinely, right? You're kind of not disturbed, but but you're um, you're maybe creeped out a little bit. That's going to be one of my goals with Macabrous. I'm also going to be reading um, from time to time. Uh, some months I will read some of my own horror fiction that I've written. Uh, so I hope you'll join me. If that's uh, of interest to you, of course, if not, then I can understand. And then finally on the 28th, the fourth week podcast will launch, and that is a podcast I will be calling Fan Man Live. This will be a Saturday morning live stream starting at 11 a.m. That's central time. Uh, going for about two hours. I'm going to try to stick to that very hard because my old channel, sometimes I went three hours, and I don't I don't have the time that I used to have. Uh, I wasn't teaching as many classes, and uh, I was finishing grad school, and I'm, I've been out now for some time and am working more. So I'm going to stick to a hard two hours, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the fourth Saturday, I guess, is, or guess how that would break down. Um most of most months, right? All months, numbers, and I, we don't do well. Uh, but that's going to be an opportunity to talk about anything and everything. Maybe I'll bring up current geek news, or even maybe. And I don't want to talk about politics, ugh, but I'll occasionally maybe touch on it. You can, of course, if you do decide to listen, uh, you can join me there and ask questions, and it gives me a chance to interact with the listeners slash viewer, those folks who who do uh, know me from YouTube. And this will be hosted on my YouTube channel, uh, which will be renamed. Right now, it's just the Fan Man. The channel will become Fan Man Radio, which is kind of a a catch-all title for all of these podcasts. And I will be broadcasting this live, these live streams, once once a month on that YouTube channel. So that is how you'll join me. Um, I will link to these new podcasts in future installments of Superman Lives. And then in those new episodes, I'll link to other content. So um, that way it'll help you if, if you're interested in listening to the other ones. But your main stop really will be um, to go to my YouTube channel where those episodes, when they uh, release on these podcatchers that, that I think most of you are listening to my content with, like iTunes or what have you, podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, you can also just go to YouTube and the episodes will also be there. So I'm really excited. It gives me a chance to branch out to talk about more things that I love um, and to get back to a live format once a month where I can I can interact with fellow fans and uh, and hang out because it's so fun and I love doing that and I really um, made a lot of good friends that you've never met in person but made a lot of friends from doing that and I look forward hopefully to being able to reunite with them uh, so that will be 11 a.m to 1 p.m on Saturdays and uh, I I hope that you can make it again that won't come out until January the 28th thanks so much for listening stay safe and stay super.